Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we begin a new series called How to Read the Bible. So I'm excited to get this series rolling here. Excited for those of you who, again, remembered that on our kickoff Sunday to wear your favorite sports team, you can see I have my brand new shirt that I've had less than three hours. After 22 years of living in Nebraska, I finally bought a Husker t-shirt. Honestly, the only reason I did that is because I couldn't find a Kansas City Royals t-shirt at Walmart. I know. <laughs> I, was ex- I thought they were going to win. I was so excited yesterday. But, you know, I'm up here, and I'm dressed in my Husker t-shirt, got my, you know, gym slacks on and, and shoes on, because I-, I want you to think of me today kind of like your trainer. How many of you like to do, you know, like to go and see a trainer, physical training? Like, how many of you, you know, want to be better, healthier, like exercising and, and eat better? How many of you just don't care? Uh, there's a number of you that don't care. Well, I'm going to run a few things by you here, because I started thinking about, you know, as we start this series out, how to read the Bible, it is a lot of ways like physical training. And that there's a lot of things we want to do, we, we long to do. Most of us long to shed a few pounds, you know, build some muscles, you know, get the heart pumping and things like that. Yet a lot of us try these different things, and we get started, and then something comes up, and we just kind of put it off, and then it's another day, another week, another year, and we never quite get to where we want to be, and in some ways, I think that's the way we approach the Bible. But as we do that, I want to see if you have a number of these kind of fun fitness fads. So these fun fitness fads that I think have a way of ending up in the closet, shoved under the bed, you know, in the garage in the basement, or maybe at, you know, the thrift store, or even in the garbage can. But here's one that, you know, many of you maybe have tried before. Anyone know, had that? The thigh master, you know? How many of you have one of those? How many of you would not admit if you did have one of those? See, that's the truth, right? I would not admit that I have one of those. You know, fun things. Now, here's one. This is a newer one. This one looks kind of fun to me. This is a treadmill bicycle. And the idea is you walk on the treadmill, and as you do that, it makes your bike go, so you are biking and walking at the same time. And if somebody wants to buy two of them and wants to try it with me, I'll try this to tell if it works or not. Especially like to try that downhill. That just sounds like fun. <laughs> Boom. And here's another one of the kind of fitness fads that you find at... Um, Anyone have one of these here? You know, just shaking dumbbells, you know. I, I'm sure that's why he looks like that. He looks like that because he just grabbed a hold of this thing and just shook his muscles and just, wow, do that for 20 minutes a day. Forget the 100 push-ups I did this morning. I'm going to do that. I really do. I did do 100 push-ups this morning. I was bored. <laughs> things I do when I'm bored. All right, the next thing I, I want to show you here I, is even better yet. It, it is one of these things, it is, the commercials are fun to watch. Go on YouTube, watch the commercials. And you watch the commercials, and, and, and there's this lady, she's sitting on the phone, and she says, I can't believe I'm losing weight while I'm sitting on the phone. You know, another lady comes out, and she's got this dress on. She goes, six hours ago, I couldn't fit into this dress, but now I can. I'm like, okay. But this whole idea, and, and their whole commercial is, you know, if you wear this, you'll lose weight. And the more active you are, the more weight you'll lose. But I'm like, wait a second here. If you're more active, you're going to lose more weight anyways, right? But anyways, it is this really cool thing because to me, it looks more like a spacesuit. 
It is called like the sauna suit. Anyone have a sauna suit? Ever worn those before? Yeah, you have you? Yeah, I, I want one for like Halloween, you know. For our trunk or treat, I want one of those. I'm going to make some kind of helmet out of like a fishbowl or something like that. It'll look like I'm an astronaut. I can do the moonwalk that way, right? So, you know, you look at these, and it's just these fun things that we, we do, and then they tend sometimes to, to simply kind of just get buried somewhere. So we get started, we want to do better, we want to be different, and then we kind of get to the same point where it's just not quite working as harder than we thought. And, yeah, we know, I think when we talk about the Bible, a lot of us approach the Bible the same way. In fact, a lot of research shows that most people you know, really do want to read the Bible. They, they want to make the Bible a part of their lives. In fact, the search Bible study or how to study the Bible is researched over 500,000 times a month on YouTube. 500,000 times a month on YouTube. Somebody is typing in there, how do I study the Bible? Some 60,500 times that same search comes up on Google every single month. Because I think a lot of us, a lot of us want to study the Bible. We we want to read the Bible. And and a lot of us just, is like exercise. You know, we kind of get started. We're good for a while. It's January. We have a New Year commitment. I go to Planet Planet Fitness. You know how busy Planet Fitness is in January? By about the middle and end of January, it begins to thin out. I can go back and work out when I want to work out. And we do the same thing, I think, often as we approach the Bible because sometimes it, it, the way that we try to figure out how we study it, learn it, engage with it, is not always as easy as we think that it might be. But as we do this series, we have a theme verse for us here in Psalm 119. Let's read this together. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 104. Psalm 119 is the longest psalm, by the way. Verse 104, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Many of you may know that verse. Maybe you know the older version, the King James Version, or the Amy Grant version that she would sing. You know, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, flashlight, kind of that's the idea that I'd have. That stumbling in the darkness is good to have a light. Or at 3.30 in the morning when I went to look at the pork rows, I had a horse in my mouth and big old heavy gloves on, and I was trying to check and get the fire going again because it was cooling off. Without it, I would have stumbled and stepped on the spider that was right there. It was, ooh, spider. You know, but you know, you, you need that light so you can see. You know, when you get up in the middle of the night, it doesn't do you any good if the flashlight is way over there or if the flashlight doesn't work or if the flashlight... You know, the batteries are missing. And the same thing as we engage in God's Word. We want to engage in God's Word, and that is a useful tool, a useful part of our lives. So we talk about the Bible. The Bible is the most influential book in all of history. I mean, the Bible has influenced people to do some amazing, some phenomenal, some wonderful things. There have also been people who have twisted what the Bible has taught and, and shaped it to be what they wanted it to be, and they've done some horrible things. But there have been people who have done amazing things throughout history. And some are the people that we know about, and, and some are the people that have been, you know, seemingly nobodies, people that we know. Maybe even you, the Bible has shaped you to do something amazing in someone else's life. 
As we talk about the Bible, we talk about God's Word shaping us, forming us. That is, we read the Bible, as we study the Bible, it's not that we do it for information, it's that we do it for a transformation of God's Spirit working in us. We just read together from Matthew 7 about the wise man and the foolish man. So we have two builders and two results. Two builders, two results. How many of you remember the children's song, like the Sunday school song, A Wise Man Built His House Upon the Rock? Not a lot of you don't know that. We should have learned that. Wise man built his house upon the rock. You know, rains came. I don't really really remember. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. And, you know, the house and the sandwich. But the guy that built his house on the rock, it was solid. It was husker strong. There you go. It was solid. And so Jesus is talking about building our lives on the foundation of God's word. And ultimately God's word. God's word in the flesh is Jesus. Therefore, he says, let's read this together. Therefore, everyone who hears what I say and puts them into practice will be like a wise person who built a house on a rock. Two builders, two results. Both of them encounter what? Both of them, yeah, right. Both of them encounter a storm. See, we all encounter storms. If we read the Bible, we don't read the Bible. We read the Bible every day. read the Bible every once in a while. You know, we will all encounter storms in our lives. What Jesus is saying is when we encounter those storms, and he's not talking about physical storms, you know, those storms like, you know, the hurricane that came blowing through has destroyed a lot of lives and caused those other kinds of metaphorical storms. You talk about economical storms. You talk about health and relational and life and all these things that, that happen in our lives. And ultimately what Jesus is getting at is that now that you know, we study the Bible, but that as we read the Bible, as it shapes our lives, that it works into our lives. One of the training apps that I have for, for running, I listen to the, the trainer, and, and the, the trainer's talking about it. He goes, I want you to think differently. He goes, I, I don't want you to think about running because, you know, you want to lose weight, because you've know, you got, you got to shed a few pounds. I don't want you to think about running because you have to do it because, you know, you want to get into this marathon. He says, I, I, I want you to do it because I want you to just turn things a little bit. I want you to say, I want to be healthier. He goes, I want you to love running. There's a big difference in running if you love running. Because, you know, sometimes when you get up, you know, and it's kind of like studying the Bible. I've told you there's a lot of connections with physical fitness. I was bored, so I did 100 push-ups. That was today. I may not be that way tomorrow. Other mornings I got up, like last week I got up, and it was one of those days I opened the door, I felt the humidity, I shut the door, and I said, nope, <laughs> I ain't running today. And there's other days I've opened the door after I finally crawled out of bed and said, i got to do this. I've just got to get up and i got to go. And I go for a run. It may not be the best run that I've ever had, but I ran. And I think the same way as we engage in God's Word. I mean, there are some times, you know, we get up, we have excuses. I've made those excuses before, too. God, I'm busy today. I'll get to it later on, I promise. Just like I said, I was going to run later today. Well, I didn't do that, and I didn't get into your Word. Or, you know, Lord, I'm just so busy right now. I just don't have time. You know, and, and we make excuses. You know, we're, we always have these excuses. And, and it's easy 
to make excuses. But the more it becomes a regular routine in our lives, the more that we fall in love with it. And see, that's the thing. We just want you to read the Bible because the pastor says I should have to read the Bible. But that we read the Bible, that we engage in God's Word because we love to do it. And see, that's really what Jesus is getting at when he talks about building our lives on this foundation. That as we do that, you know, we would put into practice what it says. It's not this putting into practice kind of God shaking his finger at you. It's us living, responding to God's love for us. As God's love, his mercy shapes our lives. As we encounter the storms of life, God's shaping us with his presence and his peace. So maybe the question then, what, you know, actually is the Bible? How would you describe the Bible? The Bible ultimately is a library. It's a library of books, of many different books, written by many different people, inspired by God, written over hundreds of years, and in a variety of different kinds of books that connected to and spoke to as God was engaging the ancient people of Israel, who in many ways weren't much different than the ancient people who lived back then, and really aren't that much different than the people like you and I who live today. People who have questions about life. People who struggle with life. Who have relationships that are, are broken. Who have dreams that are shattered. Whose hope is diminished. Who feel overwhelmed with financial situations and health and just facing life. Who wonder, does God really love me and care for me? And they engaged in God's word. As they engaged in God's word, they believed that God spoke to them through his word, through scripture, through the Bible. So as we talk about that, there's all kinds of different books and and literature that is part of what we call the Bible. And though as we go through this series, we're going to try to help you understand, and and the sermons, there's not a lot of time to do this, but try to help you understand how we approach even some of the different styles of writing and engage God's Word differently, depending on what portion of Scripture we're looking at. Because we have epic narratives. And we have these beautiful pieces of poetry. We have words of wisdom. We have these magnificent metaphors. And we have these great stories and these great encounters and, and this history that's all part of what we call the Bible. And it all answers life's difficult questions. So as we talk about this, dig in a little bit more, what is the Bible? So one of the ways to understand the Bible is here, this word Tanakh. Can you say Tanakh? Tanakh. All right, so we're not going to worry about the little A's in there. I mean, we are, but we're not. We're going to focus on the T, N, and K, because they all stand for something. T stands for the Torah. The Torah is also called the Law. It's the first five books of the Old Testament. So in the Gospels, when you're reading the Gospels, and you hear often the Pharisees and the other religious leaders challenge Jesus and what you know, he is teaching, and if he's following the law, they don't just mean the Ten Commandments, they mean the law, as in the Torah, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The Torah. And, see, and, and those are all the different kinds of, of Scripture that we approach and we work through as we engage God in His Word. The end is Nevi'im, which is God's story with His people. So Genesis through you know, Deuteronomy in the Torah is creation 
And then that's, you know, that's the flood and God calling Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And then, you know, Joseph. And then they're in Egypt. And then there's slavery. And then God calls Moses in the burning bush and in the Pharaoh and the plagues. And God leads them out of Egypt through Moses. And they get to the wilderness. They wander in the wilderness. We do have the Ten Commandments there. And they wander the wilderness for 40 years. We get to the end of Deuteronomy, and then God's story with his people picks up with Joshua as God, Joshua leads God's people forward. And this is the Nevim, so the end there. So this is Joshua. This is First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. This is the prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah and Ezekiel. The story of God engaging his people. Engaging his people just like he engages us. He, God engages us not when we're just good and perfect, because we're never perfect. God doesn't engage us only when, you know, we do, you know, good churchy things. God engages us just like he engaged his ancient people of Israel when they were following him, but also when they were not following him, when they were obedient and when they were disobedient. And he was engaging them through the times that were really good and the times that were really difficult, loving them, caring for them, being with them. The next portion there is the Kedavim. The Kedavim then is a diverse collection of books. That's where we get the Psalms. We have the poetry and, and words and books of wisdom and, and, and much more. So we've got Psalms and Proverbs and Job and Ruth and Chronicles and all those other books that are just bunched up in there. And again, the reason to help you understand that is when we talk about the Bible, it is God's story of God engaging His people from the very beginning, even before the beginning of time, through His Son, Jesus Christ, and the promise therein. But ultimately what happens is when God's people get to that, that last book there in the Bible, Malachi, and, and there's this promise and this waiting and this longing for this promised Messiah, this Savior, this leader that God said would come. But then God seems to be silent and people are wandering and waiting for the Messiah to come. And then... Enter the scene, Jesus. Jesus enters the scene, and Jesus, this is why he gets in trouble. The way that he teaches and the way that he talks about himself and the things that they say, and he says, yep, you're right, that's who I am. He is saying, you know the one that you've been waiting for, the one that all of God's word, the Torah and the Devim, the Kedavim, all of those spoke about, that's me. I am the fulfillment of God's promise, of God engaging with his with his creation. And then we have recorded in four very unique ways, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. So we have the New Testament. The Gospels, you know, record Jesus' engagement with people when he healed people and he taught people and when he was having dinner with people, when he was with the, the religious leaders, the rich people, the poor people, the broken people, the hurting people, the sick and the possessed and the dead, all of those people that he was with them, God engaging his people in the flesh, fulfilling a promise he made long ago to Adam and Eve, a promise of love, of grace, and mercy. So we have the four Gospels. We have Acts, you know, which is the history, the telling of God's people going from Jerusalem and beginning to spread all over the world. We have the Epistles, which is a fancy name for letters, 
which were written by the early church leaders like Paul, most of them written by Paul, and Peter, and John. And these letters are sometimes written to one church or a church in a certain region, and they would share these letters. And that's how you know, we have these letters as a collection, as part of the New Testament, because they were ones they continually shared with one another. And then we have the apocryphal writings of Revelation. Again, a letter in a very unique way that's a very powerful message of God being present even in a world that is scary and broken. And just as in the Old Testament, God's Hebrew people believed that God spoke to them through His Word, so the New Testament people, the followers of Jesus, believe that God continues now speaking to them through His Word, what we call the New Testament and the Old Testament. That ultimately, as it says in Hebrews, that God spoke through the prophets, but ultimately, God now is speaking through His Son, Jesus. Speaking into your life and my life. I love what Martin Luther says here about Scriptures. When the Scriptures speak, God speaks. When the Scripture speaks, God speaks. You see, when we open up the Bible, whether it's a, you know, I got a big old Bible that the binding's falling apart, or a little Bible, a little devotion, whether it's on your phone and an app or something you're listening to. When the scripture speaks, God speaks. And see, if we're going to hear God speak, we have to open his word. The same thing, if you're gonna, you know, um, shed a few pounds, if you're gonna get in better shape, you gotta do more than just let that, you know, exercise app or those running shoes and, you know, sit there. In the corner. We, we have to make use of them. So as we continue in this series, you really want to focus on this truth. The reading the Bible isn't about information, but rather transformation. Say that with me. Reading the Bible isn't about information, but rather transformation. God's Spirit transforming us. God's Spirit transforming you in me, in His grace and love, to be the people that He longs for us to be. So I'm going to give you a challenge here. And again, some of you are just like, you know, some of you who run, and I've learned from some of you who run. You've been running for years, and you know what you're doing, and you've got a great rhythm, and it's good. So if you've got to get rhythm of how you engage God's Word and you study the Bible on a regular basis, I'm not going to tell you that's wrong. But if you're like a lot of us, and you kind of do and you kind of don't, and you like to be better, then what we're going to offer in this series is more opportunities, some tools, not by means the only tools, but other tools and ideas of how to engage God's Word. Because when the Scripture speaks, who speaks? God speaks. See, that's what Martin Luther said, and that's what the early followers of Jesus believed, and that's what God's ancient people of Israel believed, and that's what we believe. That's what we teach here today. That when the scripture speaks, God speaks. And so our, our goal, kind of like, you know, if I was a trainer, my goal is not to get you to do 100 push-ups. So if you want to do them all, well, we can do those. But to get you to engage in God's word on a regular basis. To get you to engage and hear God speaking to you, to your life, to your situation right now, whatever that situation is. So a challenge for you here is to learn Psalm 119, verse 104. And maybe you know that already. That's okay. If you know it, 
Uh, I challenge you to learn it in a different translation that you know. Because if you know the old King James Version, the I word is lamp to my feet, learn it in some different translation. Use it as a prayer. Even if you're good and you're set and you've got your rhythm, or if you're like a lot of us and you're not where you want to be, use it as a prayer and simply say, Lord, I want your word to be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Lord, help me listen to you. That we as God's people gather here, not only gather around God's word as we gather for worship, but we gather around God's word on a regular basis, each and every day, whether it's just for a small devotion, whether we're opening up and reading chapters of the Bible at one time, that we engage in God's word, not for information, but for transformation, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit working through the word. I believe it because God says so. And I believe God, working through his word, can transform us continually in his grace, his love, and mercy to be the people that he already has planned for us. He already has planned for you and for me to be. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the great gift of your amazing love. And Lord, for your word, the scripture, the Bible. Lord, a lot of us, if we're honest, we don't engage as often as we want to, as we like to. We make excuses. We, we, we haven't created a habit of doing it, a rhythm of doing that, Lord. And so our prayer is for those of us who, who struggle there, the Lord, that through this series we can find some new tools, new challenges, and new opportunities. The Lord, even as we pray Psalm 109, that verse 104, that your word would truly be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, that, Lord, this would be the opportunity that we become much more a part of who we are. So that, Lord, we are truly being transformed by the power of your word, your spirit working through that word, working in us and working through us. And, Lord, if we, if we are regular, if we've got that rhythm, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for those of us who've had that rhythm in our lives. Now, Lord, maybe as we hear some, some different ways to approach studying the scriptures, maybe there's a different approach we can take just to try something different. Just like exercising, Lord, when you try something different for a while and it stretches different muscles and engages your body differently, so, Lord, we can engage your word differently just to gather some new insights and, and new ways of hearing and growing and being transformed in your word. Because ultimately, Lord, we want to be like the wise builder. We want to be the ones who build our lives on you, Jesus, the word of God in the flesh. So that, Lord, when the storms come, because they will, and maybe they're here already, Lord, that, Lord, our house will stand. Because our house, our lives are built on you. We pray this, Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.